0: I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Tanner is out today. We've got Grant Francis running the board for us. And right now we are going out to the Brown and Krippen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend Danny Mack, Cardinals broadcaster for Bally Sports Midwest. You're hearing him as well this season from time to time over on the Cardinals radio network, which has been an absolute joy to listen to. Dan, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys Uh, doing fantastic? So let's start out with the weekend that we just saw out of the Cardinals. Dan, I, I can't remember a time where I've been more impressed and in some way surprised with the way that a pitching staff has been utilized. I feel like Ollie Marmol got everything that he could squeeze out of that bullpen over the weekend. And the way he utilized all of them with the multiple innings, uh, that is what we were sold on coming into the year. What do you think about the way that the bullpen and really the pitching staff as a whole was utilized in that Cup Series?
1: Sunday night was really impressive, wasn't it? With, oh, my gosh. Uh, Genesis Cabrera going four. Uh, I didn't see that coming, and I was wondering where they were going to go after that. There were some guys that they could have gone to, Packy Naughton being one. Uh, they had just called up Jake Walsh. So, I mean, there, there was um, a chance to give you some other innings and, and uh, other opportunities for guys, but I'm with you. I, I thought that Ali maneuvered that wonderfully well and uh, wasn't easy, and he goes up to... Every reliever before the game, you know, when guys are playing catch and they're taking BP and he says, you know, how you feeling, number one. And guys will say, hey, I got one for you, I got two for you. He said, it was the first time that Hennessy's Cabrera, and he said, it may have been jokingly, he said, I got four for you, Skip. And he said, okay, I got you. All right, well, maybe we'll see that. And sure enough, he gave him four. So he was telling me that story on the plane, and, I, and it's just uh, amazing how he was able to get the most out of him And Cabrera is the kind of guy that if you gave him a day off yesterday, which the Cardinals had, uh, and I'm not saying they're going to do this here in Tampa, they're going to give him plenty of time to rest, but he is the kind of guy that can bounce back a lot and still have high velocity and be effective. But uh, you know, it's, it sets up to allow you to, to feel at least comfortable going into this series. And then certainly when you get back home against Cincinnati over the weekend, um, you know, your bullpen isn't taxed and it shouldn't be. So it's a, it's a great job. I mean, you, When you manage, you manage for the moment to win, undoubtedly, but you're also managing the season and trying to figure out How are we going to get through games to make sure that we have the best chance to win? And I I think Ali's done that really, really well.
0: Dan, you've you've been around Cardinals clubhouses for a really long time. You know the relationships between players and managers throughout a season. But for me personally, watching that weekend and hearing what took place with Henesis Cabrera and Ali Marmol and how he utilized that bullpen, am I crazy to think that that was one of those moments where, man, if if you weren't bought into Ali Marmol, if you're a player, you are officially bought in now?
1: I I think... He's earned that even prior to it, to be quite honest with you, Alex. But, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of moment that a, a player certainly says, man, my my manager trusts me and he's got my back. And um, I'll say this, Ali is very upfront and direct. And I've been saying this from day one with, for the most part, the media. You know, I mean, he'll, he'll tell you what he thinks and he'll tell you, he said, man, I just made a bad move or I, I screwed up. I don't think this is right. You know, I should have gone with this guy, and I went with that guy. It didn't work. My fault. Um, and he's very direct with the players. I mean, it's just very simply: you perform, you play. Uh, you perform, you're going to have a chance to to get a chance to to advance your career. And he's just been very upfront and honest with that. And I that's what players want. They want honesty. I, I was actually with a, a few of the members um, from the the. the 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 traveling party yesterday not with the players but others and we were talking about how we feel this is a pretty tight-knit group and it's a good group and a lot of that stems from ollie so i I think he's done a really nice job behind the scenes and then certainly what's happening between the white lines
0: we're talking to danny mack for another few minutes here on 101 espn Uh, dan just looking at some of the pitching and the way that he has utilized those guys the Cardinals right now have, I believe it is seven different players that have thrown somewhere between 20 and 30 innings. And that is, I mean, that's ideal for this time of the year. It's also unique in the way that you're they're utilizing these pitchers. And I was listening to a podcast, uh, I think it was last week now, with Derek Gould, and he had a guy who covers the Brewers on. And he was asking about the way that Craig, Can- Craig Council uses his bullpen. He said, the thing about council that is unique is there's only one guy that really has a label and that's at the very back end of the bullpen with Josh Hader. He's only going to come in in closing situations. Everybody else council calls them his out getters and they just find a way to get outs regardless of what role that means. He utilizes them in. Are we seeing some of that now with the Cardinals? Is that starting to develop with the number of guys that they have right now that allow that multi-inning versatility?
1: Absolutely, and I I don't think there is a clear-cut closer at this point. Now, if you had everybody healthy and rested going into a game and you're in the ninth inning, I think it's Ryan Helsley. So would he have maybe the edge over others? Yeah, I think so. But there's a lot that does play into this um, in terms of like matchups and you start looking at spin rates and – You know, who's doing well with this? Who doesn't like a slider? Who hits a fastball? I mean, all those things come into play. and They have all that information at their fingertips, and because of that, I think Ali looks at the situation, and it could be in the 6th or the 7th, and says, I like Gallegos here, or I like Helsley here. Cabrera can give us two here, and his splits are fine against righty lefties. So, yeah, I think they're kind of interchangeable parts, but, man, they're really good ones to where, you're not just worried about the back end of the game and saying, well, how do we get to Ryan Helsley? It's it's more of how do we get to those three guys and how do we utilize them once they're there? And it doesn't matter who saves it, we're going to wind up winning the game. And I, And I think that's the the approach that he's taking right now.
0: Hey, Dan, final one I wanted to get your thoughts on on the pitching side of things. And I know this is down the road a little bit, but we I've seen a lot of people talking about, you know, needs at the trade deadline for teams, and the Cardinals have been connected. I've seen Madison Bumgarner. I know people were talking Dallas Keuchel before he signed. Do you feel like that's the biggest need for the Cardinals in the next couple of months leading up to the trade deadline is going out to find another pitcher?
1: I do. Um, as we talk right now, and I think a lot of that would depend on others stepping up in the lineup. So do you want to go out and get yourself a lefty masher, a bat of some sort? Maybe, you know, that's something to think about. Um, but I think if you look at the, uh, the, the, the situation with Flaherty really, um, is a a good thing to have him come back obviously. And, from all accounts, his arm angle um, in talking with people around the club is back to where it was, and his stuff is very good. It's playing, and it's mid-'90s. So if you get him back, it does take some of the pressure off um, saying that, okay, where, where are we going to get with uh, our starting rotation? we got to get it back. Or, you know, who's who's a guy that can fill in and, and maybe take a fifth spot? Well, if Flaherty comes back, that's big. If Hicks comes back in the middle of games uh, and provides you a little link there, that's big. Um, the other part of this now is Tyler O'Neill coming back and being somewhat of Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson, and I do think one of the others, uh, one of the other guys, you know, is going to step up and help you out. So that lessens the need for a bat. So it, it when you get closer to the deadline, things have a way of, of, you know, kind of opening your eyes of clearly what you need. But if you're asking me right now in early June, yeah, starting pitching, I'm, I'm certainly going to monitor that market probably harder than anything else.
0: You mentioned both Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill, Dan. It sounds like those guys are getting closer to their return to the Cardinals. I don't know if that'll be during this series or the next one, but it sounds like it's coming pre- in the not-too-distant future, at least. What happens with these young guys that we've seen whenever those guys return to the lineup? I'm thinking specifically of, of Juan Yepes, a Brendan Donovan, and Nolan Gorman. Do they still find spots in the lineup, if not every day, close to every day for those three, even when Carlson and O'Neill return?
1: Well, I think Brendan Donovan's got to play right now. And so, you know, how you want to get creative and his versatility allows you to do that. Um, he's got to be in the lineup. I mean, the guy just is grinding through at-bats and getting on base and coming up with big hits and big plays. So he's earned the time. And uh, I don't think anything is given to anybody else um, outside of Goldie and Arnauto and Edmond. I think and, – and that's going back to what we were talking about with Ollie with the bullpen – it's a great problem to have, but he's going to have to start getting creative once these guys come back. And I, it wouldn't shock me if we see Tyler O'Neill back tonight or tomorrow. Um, but you want to give him a run. That's the thing. I mean, you want to see, because if he can return to where he was a year ago, you're, you're talking about um, a really formidable lineup. Um, and now you add Gorman and the Epez and Donovan guys that you weren't sure what you expected to get out of them at the beginning of the season. Well, now you're getting a little taste of it and it's pretty good. So, I think the the thing that I would just say is he's got to ha- he's going to have to be very very creative, but that's where the flexibility of Donovan and Edmond allows you to do that. And uh, you know Donovan can play all over the infield, he can play the the corners positions and play them well in the outfield. But to me, he's kind of the the Ben Zobrist of this team, and he's got to play.
0: Dan, my final question for you: You've been around Cardinals baseball in, in this capacity for about twenty years now. You've seen a lot of teams, and you know when a, when a team has a good vibe around it. And honestly, just as a fan, you know what's enjoyable to watch. I, I feel like in my time here in St. Louis, this is the most fun I've had watching Cardinals baseball outside of that stretch last year for September. That was obviously just a different thing entirely. But this team with the youth that they have, with Albert and Yadi and Waino and those guys, and then, of course, you have kind of the, the middle ground with guys like Goldie and Arenado It's really fun to watch, and it's just the style of baseball that they're playing right now. They're stealing bases when it's there for them. Can you put into perspective for us, as somebody who's been around this team for a long time, what it's like for you to watch this team, just from a pure fan perspective?
1: Yeah, I I think if they go on a run here, and it has been fun to watch, don't get me wrong, and the late comebacks at Wrigley and the manner in which they're doing it, I'm with you. That, That makes it a lot of fun um so this is 25 years for me and i i go back to the mcguire days and that was fun um you know now we know some of the things that happened from then but it was fun in the moment it was great uh you stopped what you were doing to to watch him hit a home run or, or see something spectacular and then they they spent the money and and added you know the the veers and the the, the Fernando Vina and going out and getting Rentory and Edmonds and, and then eventually it was Scott Rowland and then it eventually it was Larry Walker and some of these players that they've had. Uh, that was fun. I mean that that early 2000 run of the MV3, it felt like every night they were going to win. I, I really felt felt that way. I mean it just felt like you you showed up to the ballpark. they were a better team. you looked at their lineup and they were going to win. So that was fun because you're winning 100 games in 04 and 05 06 they win the World Series. But in recent memory, yeah, as the game has changed where um, stolen bases are obsolete, you don't bunt, you don't hit and run, you know, all these things, they're doing a lot of those things. That is fun. And I think it's an athletic group, and that's what makes it fun, too. It's not just sitting back and waiting for a three-run homer. But when you have Edmond and you have Bader and you have Sosa that can run and you have athleticism, which they do have, and then, like you said, you've got the – Historic aspect of these guys in their final year, but also mixing in the young guys, all that makes it fun. So yeah, in in terms of the last few years, this is I'm with you. This is probably the most fun uh, team to watch that we've had in quite some time. And they've we're talking about teams that have gone to postseason play, but the way they're going about it this year has has been a lot of fun, no doubt about it.
0: Dan, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Enjoy the call tonight down in Tampa Bay, and we'll talk with you again soon, man.
1: Okay, buddy. We'll see you uh, guys next Tuesday.